0: Hello oh, there, nice to have you with me today and this is the Psychology Report. Today I'd like to uh, look at a topic that's um, critical to our longevity and to our effectiveness as individuals over a long period of time. And that is called the lifelong learning procedure or lifelong learning process to which we commit ourselves and in, and in which we engage. Here's the question. Are you a lifelong learner? Do you have a lifelong learning plan? Do you have a strategy that involves you in learning on a lifetime basis? Or are you one that went to school and then essentially stopped the learning process? And if you do learn something, it's incidental or it's just kind of coincidental to your daily living experiences. You see, 74% of the adults in America engage themselves in some kind of a learning process on a lifetime basis. Are you one of them? Now, we do all kinds of things to keep our brain stimulated and to keep our mind active and keep our learning base alive and strong and growing over a period of time. Let's put this in perspective, okay? You're born and then you come to about age 25. That's the learning time in a person's life. That's the brain development time in a person's life. The brain develops from birth until about age 25 and then it levels off. So that's our strong learning period of time in life. And what will happen to the brain and what will happen to your life for the rest of your life after age 25 will largely depend upon how you approached the learning process and engaged yourself in a learning process during the first 25 years of life. Were you an active learner? Did you take school seriously? Did you do other things than just go to class? Did you read additionally? Did you take in other kind of classes and uh, seminars and conventions and conferences and did you go to different kind of meetings and did you expose yourself to new learning situations during those first 25 years of life. If so, your brain develops and it becomes stronger. So the more you engage yourself in the first 25 years of life, in you know, a learning process, the better you off you will be for the rest of your life. But after 25, until about age 65, <clears throat> maybe 70, the brain kind of stabilizes. The brain kind of just moves along and you go through life with a certain degree of knowledge, a certain degree of intellectual ability, a certain degree of cognitive strength until about 65 and 70. Now what you do during those years from 25 to 65 or 70 is very, very important to what's going to happen to you for the rest of your life. So during those years, are you a lifelong learner? Are you somebody who engages in a variety of activities and learning experiences? Do you take extra classes? Do you go to seminars? Do you attend church? Do you attend a club? Do you attend meetings? Do you read? Do you watch uh, television, um, news and uh, programs of information and education? Do you surround yourself with people who are educated and do you go to educational experiences and classes of various kinds? Do you take adult education and all of these kind of things? You know, during those years of twenty-five to sixty-five to seventy, if you do, you impact the rest of your life in a very positive way. In other words, you forestall the dementia. You stall. You stall off the possibility of Alzheimer's. You maintain a cognitive strength and ability on into age 65, 70, 75, 80, 85. But if you don't engage in a lifelong learning process, you're much more vulnerable to having memory problems and having learning problems after age 65 and 70. Now, let's take a look at this for a minute, okay? 75% 75% of the population of America, of adults, of adults now, engage themselves in at least one activity per year, in a personal hobby of some kind, or personal interest of some type. They read publications such as how to do certain things, we call them the how-to publications. They attend a club or a meeting of some kind. They attend a convention or a conference of some kind. They take an in-person course, they go to a class of some type, adult education, or they go to a university class, or they take an online class on the computer. In other words, they engage themselves in this process of learning in an active kind of way as an adult. Seventy-five percent of the population do that. Are you one of them? You see, if you don't do this, if you don't engage yourself in a lifetime learning process, you submit yourself, or you subject yourself to what we call the forgetting process. It's called a half-life forgetting process. Here's the deal: whatever you learned in college, you will forget over a period of time, and that's called half-life. One year, you'll learn, you, you'll forget half of it. Another year, you'll forget the half of that. Another year, you'll forget a half of that, and so on. You go through life forgetting what you have learned in your early years of education. Now, every professional area, every subject matter has what we call a half-life to it. In psychology, if you don't keep up with learning, if you don't keep adding more information and reviewing your information and reviewing what you have learned, you basically forget your subject matter in about twenty years. We have what we call a twenty-year half-life in psychology. Now there are some fields of study that the half-life is even shorter than that. And there are some areas of knowledge and subject matter and learning whose half-life is much longer than that. But every subject matter has a half-life to it. And the important thing is that you recognize that what you know today has a half-life to it. It's diminishing over time. Unless you continue to learn you continue to learn in that area of subject matter, and you learn in other areas of subject matter. So it's, it behooves you to be engage yourself in these kind of activities that 75% of the population do. So go to classes, and attend seminars, and go to church, and attend a club meeting, and go to some kind of an activity, take a course online, take a course over the weekend, Go to some kind of lecture in the evening, go to your town hall meetings in your community and the various kinds of things that are available to you. Take advantage of them, go to the symphony, attend concerts, attend band concerts, symphonies and various types of musicals, plays, just engross yourself with as many different kind of intellectual, cognitive, stimulating activities that's available to you in your community. And unfortunately, if you live in a very small community where there's not very much activity, you're going to have to travel for that. You're going to have to go somewhere for that. Bernice and I lived in a community in southern Minnesota, and there wasn't a lot of activity of this type available. We would have to travel into Minneapolis, which was a two-hour drive. We would drive into Minneapolis sometime for a concert or some type of event, and then go back home in the evening. So it was an all evening, afternoon event. But we did that to maintain our interest and maintain our intellectual stability and our intellectual strength, and we continue to do that. I you often will take a week off and we'll go to a university. I went to Yale for one week one time, and not too long ago, and just studied in the area of, of subject matter that I'm interested in, the, the life of Jonathan Edwards. I'll take a week, or I'll take a weekend, or I'll take three or four days and go to a university and just go to the library and read. And work on a book or work on some project that I'm on interested in. Bernice and I will do that on a weekend. We will take a weekend and go to somewhere and just work on little projects that we're interested in and try to advance. It's intellectual stimulation. I have a library card to our local university. So I can go over there on an afternoon and just read. I pick up about thirty hours of professional education every year in some kind of subject matter related you know, to psychology and do at least that amount on a a professional course of some type. So we can do that. All you have to do is have a plan and all you have to do is have a commitment to making sure that your brain continues to be stimulated by these kind of activities. Engage yourself in them, travel, read, listen to programs, attend movies that are educational in nature, attend lectures that are educational in nature, but get your brain stimulated. Don't ever take the process on saying, well, I don't read that anymore, or I don't read, or I don't do that kind of thing anymore. No. Get your brain moving. Get your brain stimulated. In the way that your body moves, so should your brain move. When you exercise your body, you exercise your brain. <clears throat> As you feed your body, you feed your brain. But <clears throat> so make sure that you are engaged in some kind of a lifelong learning process. Now, what are some of the benefits of it? Well, let's take that 75% of the population that do engage in a lifelong learning process and ask them, what are some of the things that they benefit from as a result of their lifelong learning process? Well, here's the answers that they will tell you. It keeps them well-rounded. It opens them up to new perspectives in life it helps them make new friends. It helps them feel connected to their community and to their colleagues and to the professional community and to their general community. It helps them bond with people who are of different backgrounds and different races and different nationalities and different language groups and different orientations and different value systems. It keeps them connected, keeps them involved. The learning process is a personal thing. But it's it's also an interpersonal thing. It's a thing for today, but it's a thing for tomorrow as well. And if you think of yourself as being a person of longevity, you're going to live past 70. You're going to live past 80. You're going to live past 60. Then engage yourself in an activity of lifelong learning so that your later years in life will be alive and active and stimulating and Exciting, rather than dull and defeating and just dreary, you see? Now, if you just take a look at the population of professionals, these would be accountants and psychologists and doctors and dentists and uh, teachers and various kinds of uh, professional people, 65% of them, approximately, engage in a lifelong learning process. That's just of your professional people. So that's a very large number of people who are in the professions who maintain a professional network. It helps them gain a perspective of their profession of their work and helps them grow it over time. They might even find new employment or new opportunities to expand their profession and their professional career and their professional job. And it helps them just appreciate their career and see the ways in which their career can reach out into the community, reach out into the world, and be part of a global community and part of a global impact. In other words, it gives them that ability to reach beyond the limits of their own little office or their own little community and involves them in a much greater community, global community, if you will, by engaging in a lifelong learning process as a professional in their areas of professional study. So if you're a professional, you're probably engaged in professional lifelong learning process. We call that prof- continuing professional development. You're probably doing that. And I would encourage you to go beyond the limits. If you have a requirement of 30, years, uh, 30 units a year, or 40 units a year, whatever it might be, go beyond it. Push the limits. <clears throat> Become involved in a learning process that not just involves your profession, but involves all the areas of life in which you have interest. All the areas of life that you would like to have interest. <clears throat> all the areas of life that you wanted to study. Now here's an opportunity for you to study. Take up the piano if you've always wanted to do that. Go into art. Learn. Take a few art lessons if you wanted to do that you want to learn the guitar? Here's your time to learn to play the guitar. This is your opportunity to write a book, to write an article. See, when you're in the professions and you're in your adult years of life, obviously you want to maintain with your knowledge base that you do have, but push the limits into new areas, things that you've always wanted to do but never had time to do. Make sure they're intellectual activity. Make sure they're cognitive stretching. They push you into areas of new learning. So, my message today is be a lifelong learner. Engage in a lifelong learning process. Have a strategy of adding knowledge and adding learning experiences to your life. And have a strategy of going into new areas and develop something new in your life. Do something different that you've always wanted to do but you never had a chance to do. As an adult, now this is your time. But if you're a young adult, and if you have children, if you have young children, if you have middle-aged children, encourage them to be a lifelong learner. Encourage them to learn beyond what is required, beyond what is necessary. Expose them to new learning opportunities. Take them with you. Do things with them. Help them see you be a learning uh, person, a person of learning, a person of expansion. Let them witness how you expand your life, and you encourage them to expand their life as well. Be an example, but also be a stimulant. Be a person that pushes them a little bit, so that they have newer areas of learning in their life. Because you want to strengthen that brain in the first 25 years. You want to strengthen that brain in the next 30 or 40 years. Because in the last 20 years, you want your brain to be as strong as you possibly can. So how the way that you end life will largely be influenced by how you start life in the learning process, in the educational process, in the intellectual stimulation process. So be a lifelong learner. This has been the Psychology Report, and nice to have you with me you know, today. And if you have Medicare, if you're an insured and you have Medicare, or if you're about to be a person that will be on Medicare soon, you contact Susan Hatch. Susan Hatch, H-A-T-C-H. She's the guru in Medicare insurance. She's my insurance agent. And if you have a question about Medicare, she has the answer. She's in Clovis, California. Look her name up on the website, SusanHatch.com. Look in the phone book. But if you have anything that you need in the area of Medicare... Call her. She'll be very helpful to you and help you get a plan that's right and proper for you and help you know the process that you have to go through to make sure that you're well insured in your your later years of life when you're in Medicare, whether it's for disability purposes or aging. So it's SusanHatch.com. Nice to have you with me. Go to my website, BooksByHedberg.com. Bye for now.